another film review, this time of a 2021 film by the name of Badamisi, Portrait of a General, um, you know, which, as the name suggests, follows the life of uh, Ibrahim Badamisi Babangida, uh, the several-time coup plotter and one-time military president, I think was the title he chose, um, of Nigeria. And to talk through the film and the life and times of, I think, one of the most significant president slash scam artist of Nigerian history, we have invited our longtime guest, comrade, friend, uh, Dami Adebayo. Dami, how are you doing? I'm good. Hello, everyone. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to good have to, you. Good to have you, Dami. And um, yes, Dami also put himself through watching the film. Um, so <laughs> I think has, <laughs> has, has, has a punishment. <laughs> so I mean, I guess we'll discuss reactions in a moment, but um, I don't think, yeah, I mean, I think it goes without saying that, um, yeah, you know, within the constraints of Nollywood, yeah, anyway, we'll, I guess we'll get into that in a moment, but um, you know, I guess, or well, let's let, well, let's jump into that right now. I so let's do reactions first, um, starting with Dami. So what do you make of the film in general? Like, did you like it, hate it? Would you watch it again? I mean, the style of cinematography, the storytelling, all that stuff. Like, what's your general impression? So I'm of two minds on, you know, on the movie. The first time I watched mm. it, I didn't like it. But then I started thinking about that. Is there anything like this? And, you know, isn't it important that no matter how flawed or how problematic these things are, that people get to see them? And, yeah, sure. you know, it provides an avenue for us to engage, um, not just on the actors, but on their legacies as well, because we see, live and breathe these things every day as well. Mm. Um... It was hard. It was hard to watch. Like I had to take a break after like thirty minutes. I just be like, "Wow, okay." Yeah. <laughs> it, it seemed like it wanted to do too much, um, right. and um, it ended up doing, you know, quite a bit. But I think it did what it was supposed to do. And if you look at it as the fact that it was authorized, and this was mm. a, um, this was a discussion that um, I had with Saido earlier as well on how it was authorized but not commissioned. Um, by mm -hmm. IBB himself. So authorized in the sense that, I don't know, is he saying that this is the truth and nothing but the truth? Or is he saying that, you know, this is the only story he's ever going to tell? Because IBB has been pretty resolute about the fact that he's probably not going to write anything. Mm -hmm. And even when he gets to talk about things like June 12, he keeps giving this impression that there's things that I know that people don't know, or there's things that, you know, a lot of people haven't covered. Yeah. So there's been a lot of there's a lot of um, mystique, and for a guy that was there for eight years, so I think Obasanjo just probably the only one that's written a book on his, you know, entire yeah, thing. Right. The rest of them, yeah, right. yeah, the rest of them, you know, haven't. I'm not mm -hmm. even sure if Shadari did, you know, as you know, civilian. But I say, but I might be wrong. Yeah, I've not seen any Shagari book written by him. I think there are books written about that period, of course, by some insiders and stuff, but I've not encountered a Shagari. So, as a biopic, it does 
work as well. And you can see like some subtle, mm-hmm. they're trying to do some like subtle corrections as well because the opening scenes of the movie really focused on the fact that he was from, you know, Wushishi in Niger. Because where Babang yeah, is yeah, from yeah. is, you know, it's probably a big part of controversy. Um, yes, there, part of the controversy some law. over, you know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's some, some angles law. that, yeah. <laughs> Okay, nice. Um, okay, we'll come. Yeah. We'll come back to the opening scene in a moment. It sounds like yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, oh, sorry, I interrupted. No, it's fine. No, okay, okay, okay. No, but yeah, it kind of sounds like you've um, you you you're, you're torn in a sense. Uh, OEG, similar vibes. Yeah, yeah, to a large extent, similar vibes. Yeah, and you know me. I won't, uh, I won't uh, stray too far away from that. This felt so much like, you know, a whitewashing of the guy. Right. And <laughs> since they had to go to him to get the approval, they know if he put something where we say, you go paint him in bad light. You know, and then they made it seem as if he was struggling with some decisions in the best interest of the nation. He was <laughs> a troubled man. He was showering and the wife was there in the shower with him while he was worried about some decision that he was making. Like, no, yeah. we know that when the elite sanctions something, it is to paint them in good, like, good light, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So uh, I was yeah. really going to, like, the neutrality of the movie. And the objectivity of the movie, I'm, I don't, I don't think I go for that. If they were trying to no, portray sure. any, any type of thing, you know. And then the cinematography itself, you know, not to say, uh, say they know to try like that, you know, they did what you know they could do. Okay, but I think there, there's room to do better, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of not trying too hard. Yeah, you know, like, but in, you know, batch, I mean, we not just say person efforts. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, bad, like, you know, bad like that. But maybe because I just don't get poisoned with how they were trying so hard to make the guy look as if, you know, he had problems, you know, or in, in some sort of mental conflict or consciousness or co- conflict within himself with yeah. some decisions that he had to take. Like, no, we know that these decisions that you made had, you know, um, some consequences, and it gets reasoning and logic behind them in the in the frame beats in the framework of elite domination military the military elite domination or in the global framework of imperialism so we know say it is self-purpose no con they come con they make and be like say your hands yeah. they tied you know uh, as he referred to earlier say there are some things that i know that you know what do you like bro <laughs> what well, do you know other people don't know you know like when yeah. he was saying that uh, ibb was acting as if yeah there are some things that you know he knows that other people you know are not privy to that kind of thing you know <laughs> so that's my own like if i go read the movie over 100 i'll give him like 55 or 60. all right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay but but you're kind of coming at it from the from the point of view of like was it a a true depiction so to speak of what happened yeah. and you're like no no it wasn't so that mm-hmm. itself is like exactly Exactly, yeah. because if it has, if, if the if the producer don't strive for, you know, being objective and being balanced, even for don't show us both lights of the thing. No, be say we just make we they try to canonize this guy when yeah, sure. they, you know, no, 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 no. That, that now we well, remove. I've I've got a slightly different perspective. I mean, probably the same conclusion, but different starting point, which is that. Um, the fact that Babangida authorized the film is what makes the film interesting. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, because it's kind of this guy trying to give us his own take, so to speak, um, which I think the intention of Abangida in narrating it, in narrating his story to the to the director, and to some extent, the director's kind of approach to telling the story does attempt to, you know, like if not um, defy him, at least portray him as a kind of complicated nationalist. Yeah, but. I think there's so many gaps, both in how the story is, both probably in the... In how it's conceived and delivered. Yes, that yeah. at the end of the day, the weirdness of Babagida, you know, his deviousness and a lot of the blame that should rightly fall at his feet is not eradicated. Like, And this is probably why he hasn't written a biography, is that... No matter how he tries to tell the story, <laughs> I feel like it's just going to be really hard for him to really totally escape blame. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, so so that's why I like it is that, like, actually, even from his own version of events, he still is hard for him to escape. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of how I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I um, you know, I sort of approached it. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of like just the experience of watching the film from a like film standpoint or whatever, um, I guess it sort of has some of the hallmarks of the new Nollywood, you know, the made for cinema Nollywood. Um, you know, insofar as like the camera work is like a slightly more interesting, has that kind of music video feel, you know, <laughs> in a lot of moments, but um. Yeah, I think by and large, like, it's a bit uneven. Like, there are moments where the picture is kind of moving and evocative. Like, I think particularly when they're showing him as a young guy or um, some of the protest scenes are kind of interesting or interestingly shot. You know, some of the kind of one-on-one -on -one conversations in the back room are shot in interesting ways. But by and large, like... It, the, it, I think that's like it's interspersed with shots that are like much less compelling, you know, like some of the stuff with the family, the scene you were talking about in the shower was like super cringe, you know, it, it just was very <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I guess from a cinema standpoint, I'd probably give it the same rating as you and I feel like the film would have been much more moving if it was shot in a kind of 90s Nollywood style uh, rather than the 2000 post 2000 to weave in yeah try to weave in you know modernity inside of you know waiting you know, to graft you know to graft on top yeah. of himself like that be like pastiche of you know yeah. things you just cut here and there you know so that's not where the floor come if not something where they you know like where if you watch where you say okay you go even grief for the camera if direction, uh, director, all these kind of things, uh, hey, we're going to say, okay, well, the, the, the storyline is trash, but picture, everything, they okay. You know, yeah. so, yeah, 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 you know. Or like, oh yeah, or like if this, this, the storyline and the picture just were a little more in sync, like watching the story of Abangida in a kind of music video made for cinema format was like kind of jarring for me. Whereas if it was like 
the kind of old school Jim Ike style films, you know, <laughs> 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 a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of shouting, like this kind of orchestral music in the background. Yeah, yeah, the soundtrack, yeah, fully, fully. I, yeah, I do agree with this. <laughs> you know what I, mean? it would have, it, I feel like you would have jailed a little more. Um, okay. Rebecca, so you did, you didn't, you didn't see the film out of protest um, because uh, you're a political purist who doesn't support. <laughs> Um, military regimes, um, or for other probably or less grandiose them. Exactly, <laughs> or for other less grandiose reasons. But I mean, what I guess you seemed interested in seeing the film. Um, why? Why? Like, what? What about this kind of things inter interested you? Why did you feel it was worth seeing for us? You know, I just hope that you know those who who see it or who yeah, who saw it or who eventually get to see it learn something that's useful about um, why he made or took certain decisions. Right. You know, I, 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 for instance, I caught a clip earlier on. Earlier on, I think it was maybe some clip about the conversation he was having with Abiola, for instance. Yeah. You know, um, it would be nice to know within context how two people who were friends um, or who were supposed to be friends, how, uh, because, I mean, from the, maybe an Abiola point of view or those June 12 loyalists, you know, they they'd see what IBB did as a betrayal, you know. Mm. Um, but but it, so when when people say the things he says he knows or things he knows that he hasn't talked about, you'd hope that in that movie, um, at least you know some of those things would be alluded to. But maybe when yeah. out, you know, since you know the man himself endorsed. you know, the movie. so that I guess is where the whitewash comes from, and you know, mm -hmm. some of that you know, cogent points that you guys have, have raised. Yeah, so I mean that's in, in summary is hard, you know, want to think about reception, how you know what, what yeah. kind of conversation it, it sparks. Mm -hmm. You know. And I figure it was yeah, you know it was done in, yeah. in two thousand and twenty one. Right? Yeah. Abby? That's when it came out, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you see I want to come back to that question of like who's the audience um for this film because i think that's like uh that is not very clear <laughs> to me in watching it but uh, before we do that i think that you know it's worthwhile <laughs> to just to just go through some of the major turning points of the film you know and like try to establish a little bit the narrative that it um that when you're it done works. i'll tell you who the audience who the audience are. i'll tell you who <laughs> oh, okay audience. good yeah, I'm looking forward to that. No um, problem. Yeah, okay, but so Dabi was going to walk us through, right, a little bit how the film actually progressed. And um, I mean, I'll hand it over to you in a moment, but I, I think the interesting thing for me, and I think this goes to the question of the perspective of the director versus the perspective of Babangida and where the two might separate is that the film starts out with a montage of the Biafran war. Yeah. And of Babangida's participation in the Biafran war. In fact, it's very yeah. interesting that it started with the Biafra war. 
and right. um, and it was really trying to highlight IBB's bravery. And apparently, that that was a true story. I mean, mm. you know, I mean, I've heard it told before. Anyway, um, apparently, they had to go behind enemy lines to save a gun. IBB got shot. You know, and right. that you know that apparently is meant to be a thing that happened. Um, but for me, was even the story of him joining the army that that um, that that one tripped me because yeah, it to highlight. You know, you could see young IBB, you know, playing around and, you know, seeing his father die and then yeah. going to school. And then you could see that there was some charisma that he already had at that point where he was made yes. a boy. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, Abu Salami Abu Bakar was his childhood best friend. Yeah, exactly. Because they asked him if he was going to be in the army as well. So it was, in a way, convincing his family to, even in a way, the way he convinced his family to let him join the army. And the fact that there was even the policy then you know, to recruit more northern officers to counter the growing number of southern recruits yeah. in the army. So I remember then thinking that, you know, why is this important? And then it comes what back year, to the what year, what year, sorry, sorry to interject, yeah. what year are we, uh, are we talking about? Must have been, what's Good it, 44? Yes. Was a young IBD, uh, yeah, I think it would probably be about 44, pre-independent. So the funny thing, though, is that the film fucks up, and um, when they're showing him, in like the playground as a 14 year old the film <laughs> says 19, 1991 so i think they tried to correct the timeline later on but um yeah i i suspect that was more a part like an editorial thing than they, like they, them they, trying they to have been 1951 for that no, maybe even earlier because at this stage he was fourteen, right? He's fourteen and fifty-one. Yeah, but you were talking when his dad died, I think. No, he would have been uh, in the 40s. Uh, yeah, right. Okay, so yeah, he could have been fourteen by then. That's true. Yeah, because it then seems like quite a heavy-handed attempt at football age in that case. There's no, you know, <laughs> what do you mean? No, I think that was, that was definitely just error. Yeah, brain devil. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so earlier, earlier I was telling Sergio that there's probably a lot of links between this episode and the last one, the Samantha Murder scandal episode um, that you guys did. And oh, okay. so I remember sure. during that conversation, someone was talking about the fact that the Nigerian Engineering Corps became powerful during the mm. Samantha Murder scheme. And Babangida, you know, wanted to be an engineer. And in fact, when he was arguing to his family, he was like, Oh yeah, there's like an engineering corps in the army. Why can be in the army and you know still be an engineer as well? Yeah, yeah. So that that, that is you know major important that you know I mean he's a professional soldier, but at the same time you know also um, a professional in the sense that mm -hmm. you know he had work or he had <laughs> some degree of work. Yeah, um, definitely wanted to be seen as one. And then that bravery thing was also like a recurrent theme as well. Um, okay, then there's obviously the scene of him meeting his wife, you know, going to military training school, here in a disco, yeah. you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, not sure, not sure what that was, you know, trying to do. We'll probably establish the base. But the very interesting bit was um, the introduction of Buka Suka Dimka as his... Um, in fact... First man. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so totally. I mean, before you get into Dimka, because I think that's kind of yeah. like, let's say, chapter two of the film. Um, yeah. 
a couple of things I want to note about chapter one, let's say, which is like starting with the Biafra and then going back into his childhood, is that whether unintentionally or intentionally, I feel like starting with Biafra provides a kind of interesting context to the coup, you know, all the murders that happen later on. Because it's almost like, you know, one of the most formative events in the lives of all of these men is when they had to go down and like kill a bunch of Nigerians, you know, or be Africans, so. as the case may be. Because I think so, there was a line there where he thought he didn't think he was going to be killing other Nigerians. You know, I think they said yeah. that in the middle of the war. It was a very interesting line. Yeah, exactly. So it seems like the director is like maybe inadvertently making a statement about Biafra as a kind of, you know, the original sin that like comes back to haunt all these men later on when they're, you know, hanging out in such close proximity and they can't help but, you know, load their weapons and fire each other like, you know, like they were so, like they were, you know, like they became accustomed to doing during that period in time. Shay, or am I reading too much into it? I mean, there's also another take that, you know, I mean, the army wasn't doing much at that point. I mean, I think apart from Congo and then Liberia and Sierra Leone, there yeah. wasn't, you know, there wasn't much that the army was really doing. Mm. In the By the 80s, right? I mean, I mean although they mean, do refer to the Nigeria-Cameroon thing as the thing that highlighted yeah. Harry as, you know, so maybe we won't get to that, we would, yeah. Yeah, fair. And the other thing I wanted to say about um, the... Miriam, you know, the, the part of the story that focuses on his life is that, like, I think the introduction of Miriam Babangida um, sets the tone for um, the character that they kind of developed for her. And I found it to be very underwhelming, of, like, given what we, like, what has been insinuated and what we know about, like, how much of a presence she was. I think, unfortunately, they make her, like, too domestic of a figure, you know, and too much of a, like, kind of sidekick, you know, just a kind of generic supporting wife, as opposed to, say, the character played by Rita Dominic in 76, you know, which we talked about earlier, who's just, like, a much more formidable presence and, like, probably was a little more of an accurate depiction of how you would have thought of yourself and behaved as like a military officer's wife in the era when the military was the center of politics, you know? No, and this again point. goes to, this, 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 this again goes to highlight what the producer or whoever wrote the script set out to do because then you mm. start to ignore some parts and then, you know, um, maybe overemphasize some parts or try to bring in things that weren't even there in the first place. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so that's it. I think, they just downplayed her and then just made her feel like, uh, feel like you know, she just they sit down for a house or something, you know. There's really no space for women. And I'm trying to think, you know, do we even know when yeah. the Nigerian army started accepting women, you know, into its rank? Yeah. No, totally. Mm. Yeah, like, there's kind of a total lad fest. I think aside from Miriam, there might not be any like a single other woman. I mean, I think there's some journalists, like some newscaster who was casting like NTA news. Yeah, and maybe the judge as well. You said? But the maybe the judge as well, but the court scenes were comical. Yes. Yeah, that's true. The judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll come back to the court scenes. Um, that's true. The judge was the only woman who, aside from Miriam, had a name 
like was sort of named in this in the in the um in the movie so in that sense i guess it's you know maybe a little um like you know worse than a lot of the new nollywood kinds of depictions where you know classically i think women have had pretty significant roles in nollywood so um but then again you could say that it's a film about the army so and yeah, yeah it's um army at, at the very high point where it's very male but i think 76 you know demonstrated that to some extent you can tell them you know you can sort of um tell a story about the army that still sort of um illustrates or illuminates the importance of women anyway I, i'm aware there's some irony in talking about this um <laughs> in a context with <laughs> <laughs> with uh, five or four guys, but um, it still goes, I think it's probably worth saying. Um, yeah, I was also saying the, you know, they really try to play the bravery thing as well. Yeah. Because um, I think the next major event was the, you know, counter coup against yeah. um, you know, his best friend. Oh, his best man. Yeah, planned you by know. his best man, right? Yeah, oh, okay, sorry, yeah. Man. The coup against Dimka, yeah, sure. And but this is after okay. Dimka coup's um, Mutala. Oh, yes. Oh, my. That was a, that was a scene. <laughs> the, yeah. I think I'll let someone talk about it, because for me, I, I thought the casting for Mutala was probably one of the best as well, because I, I mm. found it very, you know, yeah, very striking. No, it was definitely interesting. I guess, like, um, I think they, you know, compared to 76, again, I mean, I hate to keep doing this, but the story of how Mutala gets cooed in this movie is quite flat. Like, you have no yeah. idea why they're doing it. It's just like a bunch of guys, including Dimka, basically drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes. And then they're like, let's do it kind of thing. And you're like, okay. <laughs> The hilarious thing for me was them sort of insinuating that they caused the traffic jam that killed him. I was like, well, it's Lagos, you know. You could be better than the traffic jam. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, very unclear why that happened from from the point of view of of um, the storytellers here. And then also noticeably absent in that whole aspect of the story is Obasanjo. In fact, I don't think Obasanjo shows up once in the entire film. I think that, that highlights the relationship between Babangida and Obasanjo. <laughs> the fact that, you know, <laughs> the fact that he goes missing in the entire thing, like, yeah, we don't acknowledge the man. Yeah, that's crazy. Not sure. Yeah, he wasn't there. I think T.Y. Danjuma was, I mean, T.Y. Danjuma basically gave him the order to essentially go and, you know, um, capture, you know, Dimka. Dimka, as well. yeah. Yeah. So, um, the... Yeah, what's, what struck the, you about that? that aspect because i'd heard the story before and then it struck me as well that of course the stories that you know sort of make babangeda a hero would probably already have been told countless times by mm. the man because you know, he knew how to do these things as well because i remember mm. watching and going oh yeah this story is familiar that you know oh um here i am coming in unarmed to you after you've occupied the radio center and yeah. i'm here to tell you to give it up you know unarmed and then there was this good angle about like uh what was that thing? Um there's a word they call it. Anyway, 
it's um, that thing mm. that special forces do where they sort of infiltrate a building and they try to, you know, so while you think something else is going on, another thing's happening in the background. Subterfuge. Oh, or something. yeah. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Like, he, he was the decoy kind of thing. Exactly. You know, so it had that very interesting angle while he was still trying to talk him down as well. Um, yeah. His, my own impression was the fact that, essentially, the coup had failed. They surrounded the radio station and they either surrendered or they were going to kill them. And they, you know, backed down. But obviously, it makes sense that there was someone that went in to talk to him. And I think when he was even negotiating, he was talking about the fact that he wanted amnesty for himself and all his men. You know, that's right. the part in the coup. Um, so he yes. sort of just highlighted the fact that, you know, coups are dangerous business. Those yeah, that it, those that don't. There's also a lovely scene I heard, um, the Major Bambuli thing, that, that was hilarious. <laughs> Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Maybe chapter three. Yeah, okay. Okay, so now I'm looking forward to your take on that. Yeah. Well, still on chapter two, it was, uh, it was a good, um, it was a good way to show that, oh yeah, this guy is brave. Because there was even the line on, oh, if you kill me, it's better that I die in the hands of my friends. That one was cringe. And I know that he would take yeah, care yeah. of my family. But because we'd heard this before as well, because obviously it's a story that Babangida, you know, had definitely told before. It just made sense that it would be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, I guess it's like probably his favorite line from his own life. Like if he really said that, he was like, oh shit, man, like I really said something <laughs> beautiful today. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't Shakespeare, yeah, you know, there's a kind of underlying theme in the film where Bawangida is trying to portray himself as like somewhat poetic. Because, you know, there's oh something he says, God. like, no, wait. <laughs> but he's, he's talking to uh, Miriam, like when they met at the club. I think they're like sitting on a car, you know, not doing oh, yeah, anything. Yeah, they showed his stars. Stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, not doing anything risque, right? Just like, sitting with space for Jesus between them, looking at the stars. And, and, and then he says something, and she's like, wow, did you write? I mean, who said that? That's so poetic. And, you know, but he said the other shit, like, wow, the stars are mighty bright tonight, or something, you know, something like that. <laughs> so this is why I feel like they didn't really do Maryam Mabagheda justice, because I think the real Maryam Mabagheda would have been like, is that all you? Is that all you've got? Like that's the lamest thing I ever heard. <laughs> you know. Anyway, yeah. So I mean, here he is betraying his best man to save Nigeria, right? You know. So it's again this kind of heroic thing where he's talking down. Yeah, but I don't think it was betrayal. I think because he was asking that if you're going to do something like this, why didn't you tell me? And that, yeah, that was, you know, that was. It could have, that could have, you could interpret that two ways. That, oh, I'd have mm. done this thing, it's not better. Or I'd have talked to you yeah, after sure. this. But definitely, at no, that totally. point, it was cool. He wasn't going to join his ship, no matter what, you know. I mean, yeah, no, totally. Be... But, you know, I also had the same, a similar feeling when I saw him say, if you were going to do this, why didn't you tell me? It was almost like the idea that he and his friends could plan a coup first dawned on him right then. Like when he was talking to Dimka, it's like, oh, shit. Like planning a coup is something I can do better than my best friend. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, why I say betrayal is because, you know, Dimka is like, yeah, I need amnesty for my, my myself and my men. I'm wearing that kind of nods. Like, oh, okay, sure. I got you. And then the next scene is like, 
Dimka and some coup plotters have been executed. Now, Pastor John did that broadcast. You mean in real life? Yeah, in real life. Now, Pastor John did that like when they announced they execute them. Oh, interesting. The biggest, the biggest, this thing that I have is a picture of Dimka in white in court and of him smiling. And the next headline is the devil Dimka. And I was just, you know, I was just like, yeah. wow. You know, yeah. maybe his Bricksala seems to have been quite liked, especially in Lagos as well. Mm. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Mm. No, but you know, this is why I think they, they really didn't do justice to Mutala. And I know that's to the Mutala coup, rather. And obviously, they couldn't cover everything in great detail because there's so much stuff that we haven't even gotten to yet. But I think, like, just portraying it as something single-handedly carried out by like a drunkard Dimka is not doing justice to. I think there can be an entire there can be an entire movie on that coup itself, like an oh, entire for sure. movie. For sure. Mm. And, and, the, and they should be. Well. I mean, great. Yeah. Great. So we'll they trying to be governor. Mm. And he funded he funded pretty significant parts of that operation as well. Mm. Right. Governor of what's I mean, those are guys that are making their weapons under weren't cheap. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you can't blame them too much for not spending the entire time on that. But, I, you know, it definitely... If somebody is just learning about this history from the film, which would be unfortunate to begin with, but they wouldn't leave that scene knowing very much about why that coup happened or any of the stuff that surrounded it besides Dimka smoking cigarettes. You know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, okay. So I guess that, that brings us into the coup plotting period of the film, right? Yes, it does. And um, there's this very weird, and I keep thinking about this and I haven't been able to understand it. There's this word MQ on IPB scene. Where it seems like mm. MQ was trying to entrap IBB in a coup, and then IBB says no, and it turns out that it was recorded. And that, that for me, I, I've just not been able to, you know, was it meant to show that, you know, IBB was loyal, or he smelt yeah. a trap, or he knew a trap when he smelt yeah. it? Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but it just never came up again as well. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah, it was very. See, these, these are these are things that might be injected into the movie to give it like that rounded personality. Say the guy, you know, to a large extent, in loyal, you know, and then when he back the wall, man, in Congas do some things, you know. But although, although, yeah, that's true. Although, I mean, before this, critically, the film did portray him as one of the key architects of the coup that brought Buhari to power. Yeah. Do when you know he travels I mean? and he's like, oh, they should vote, they should vote them out. But you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's talking to, like, I think the guy was General Bako in Kaduna yeah. in 83, you know? And they're talking about the Second Republic, like, all oh, these politicians, they are corrupt. Ah, the civilians, you know, they're like children. And then Bako is like, well, yeah, like, you know, they're going to split Nigeria, and if they scatter Nigeria, there'll be no army. So, you know, it's like, the key turning point for them is, the, is like, protect the army, right? The Nigerian um, army, you know. Yes, exactly. And then, 
um, he's like, yeah, why don't we do something about it? Or oh, that's what uh, that's what Babangida says to the guy. He's like, hey, so why don't we do something about it? And then he pauses, and then he's like, like vote them out, which is pretty funny because I don't know that army guys were even allowed to vote constitutionally back then. Ah. <laughs> so, I think you're allowed to vote. You're just not allowed to say who your preference is. I'm not sure. Yeah, I thought it was like the civil service. Uh, but now, they can, can they vote? They should be. I, I'm not sure. Though. I'm not sure. But they should be, ah, I think. That's a good, yeah. I've never so, thought about that. <clears throat> yeah, and then he's like, and then he's like, um, well, you know why I'm here? Which I guess is insinuating that Babangida was trying to rally support for what's going around you know, the yeah, base is trying mean, to rally support for the coup. And telling them to be ready to move in five minutes or less. And I was, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, you know, this is the scene you talked about earlier, Dami, where they're like, okay, so after the, after we do the thing, you know, after the thing happens, like, who should we put there? And then they're like, you know, talking to this guy, General Bako, Babangida is like, oh, do you want it? And the guy's like, no, 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 but I thought you wanted it. And he was like, no, how, I, I, why, how can I want something like that? You know, I, I, don't, I don't want anything to do with that thing. And that's the thing to the the military guys usually typically say as well, but they didn't do the coup, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, selfless. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't about personal ambition for the military, for the country. And this anyway. one is very interesting, especially in context of this coup, because yeah. they typically need you to believe that you know, people that participate in the coup are never the people that actually lead it, you know, right from mm. one. I think Mursala was the only one that did a coup and said, no, no this, is, this is my coup. No one is, you know, taking this from me. And then obviously, yeah. I be an Abacha. Yeah, right, 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 right. There's this very funny scene, and it's probably the best part of the movie, where this guy is like, oh, um, he comes to Buhari and he goes like, oh yeah, I heard something, you know. And they're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like what did you hear? It's like, <laughs> Sounds like they might be, be a coup. It's like a coup, and then you can see the boys is like, you know what? Don't worry. And they just lock the guy up. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You start. They really portray Buhari as the asshole that it is. He is because he locks up his ADC who comes to him to tell him that there might be a coup, and then makes a phone call right after that, and he's like. Man, so we, we need to, to do it now because people seem to know. <laughs> so and I think that's another bit yeah. of the movie where it talks about having knowledge of a coup and not saying anything as well is also a problem. As well, it just comes yeah. up randomly as well. You're just like, okay, who's this shot at? Yeah. No, general, yeah. I think generally though for military setting now, uh, like that's key. Yeah. If you know anything, yeah. If you know anything, I know yeah, no more. <laughs> you'll you'll be in trouble for that. But who do you yeah, answer? Sure. So this guy went to go and and he answered to the chief cooper like himself. Yeah, so that's yeah, right. No, so, okay. For like where I was working before, my guy and wife, nah, be my my boss, my husband, nah, military guy. Say so when that coup they happened all these times, everybody mm. became paranoid because soldiers would just march into someone's house, just go carry them, just march like yeah. so, because if they hear say you know you did there, you the guys go to the root of the matter to know say. You dis back yeah. and clean. If not, yeah. if they know if they don't shoot you, oh more you will go jail. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're no, true. Yeah. Uh, awareness. My my grandpa, a long time Lagos president, used to say mm. that people would know that by the different gates they open at the Dam barracks, the coup has happened. If you see some people, you just come back and go to your house. 
I'm saying by my radio. <laughs> yeah. No, they are big. Yeah, so no, I think I think that does come out to some extent in the film, and there maybe credit to the director, the arbitrariness. You know, I don't know if I pronounced that well. Mecca, who knows English, will correct me. But um, you know <laughs> that, that that aspect of military life at that upper echelon and how people started to become very paranoid starts to emerge. You know, at this stage, it's like you're either part of the planning or you are like part yeah, of the, yeah, or, or you're the people, you're the people being cooed, exactly, or you're the victim, right? And it's like, you can only be in between for like five minutes because being in between means you know about it, but you've not said anything. And like that itself. You want to see where you go, go. Or the, yeah, or exactly. the viability of the thing. Right, but that itself means that if it goes badly, you could be one of the guys who's who who's uh, executed on on Bar Beach. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I guess that. Yeah, in the in their defense, if you can muster any defense for these guys, they were really confused and like we're trying to control events that have, in a sense, slipped out of control to some extent. Or at least that's what the film tries to portray. I mean, there's also a very minor theme of, you know, political decisions having, you know, co-implications. So you could mm. see sort of the Buhari guys expecting a coup anytime. They're like, yeah, like, <laughs> listen, this is yeah. our boss. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Cool anytime soon. And good point. a lot of the people that they suspected were actually the guys that carried out the coup because they were suspecting, you know, I think that's where the Abiola scene probably comes in as well, mm. you know. It is. Like, oh, yeah, like, definitely, this guy is definitely going to move on us soon. And you mm -hmm. had to yeah, see like, hey, listen, take this guy in. And Buhari's like, there's not enough evidence. So you can see the Buhari indecisiveness, say, don't he? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that he's been like this for a while. <laughs> yeah. No, but at the same time, he's decisive in suppressing civil society, which, which well, I guess, they, you know, it's not, they don't go into enough, but they sort of illustrate when uh, IBB comes and gives his speech after he you know, does coup against his own guy, Buhari, against his puppet, Buhari. <laughs> because I guess the puppet was now making moves that were not authorized. But, you know, it's almost like Buhari gets in there and then he's like, okay, I'm probably here for like, give or take two, three years before I'm killed. So let me just do all that I want to do immediately. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> yes, I go. And then he starts doing total rubbish. Um, but yeah, okay, so then this is where the Abiola scene that you were describing comes in, where he's like, yeah. I guess, trying to entrap Babangida in a coup plot. But that's really unclear, because then, was he working on behalf of Buhari to do that? That's, you know, you know that's, I think, yeah, that's, it sort of seems to imply that, but it does, it's not very clear. And then there's yeah. also the Idiabon angle as well, blocking of access, you know. Yeah. And at this point, he was chief of, was he chief of army or chief of defense now? So he was pretty major. You know, defense, I think, point. yeah. And then he highlights it in Junior or something, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly, so I think... Exactly, and well, Buhari... Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, Buhari, Buhari appoints... Yeah, 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 so in that sense, you could say that Buhari was like, knew that Babangida, you know, was most likely going to be the person to take over. <laughs> you know, he set them up. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kept, okay, and that's, that's the other thing is they kept being like, you know, Babangida is very, very intelligent. <laughs> sort of thing, like. <laughs> the, the one thing I liked about this, though, generally, compared to 76, there was less army speak. You know, all of the codes, the acronyms, the this. They just spoke plain yeah, English. Which, that's you know, um, sort of, yeah, yeah. Which sort of made it a bit more enjoyable. Yeah, I guess so, I guess. And I mean, I think in general, yeah, it, it focused more on the acting and the storytelling than it than the historical, like kind of weaving in a sort of historical yeah. angle. So there was no archival footage like there was in 76. Um, you know, barely any. I think there was like some archival audio. Yeah, yeah audio, visually um, audio. Majorly audio, but no scenes from from history, which would have been interesting. Um, but the Bahamas, but anyway, was, I, they didn't yeah. really do it. Yeah, I think the bit mm. was just it was just there's just a bit on oh, wasn't it? Yeah, and which is and it sort of just corrects history. Or I'm not sure if it corrects history. It was another version of history because the version that I always knew was that they acted against Buhari because Idiabon was out of the country for mm. um, I think it was Hajj. Right, yeah, yeah, it was that. Yeah, something like that. That they really highlighted in the movie was the fact that I think on the night of the coup, there was a day I wonder, it's like, oh, I thought you'd gone in need. It's like, oh, no, I'm still here. You know, um, does this mean, oh, no, no, Babangida was escorting a drunk guy. And the one's mm. like, oh, this guy can't handle the pressure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, it's Abacha, I think, that was like, escorting the guy. Oh, okay, yeah. He's like, yeah, you obviously can't handle, you know, you obviously, you know, that the school is coming and I'm just going to stand outside and let you guys do it. Because even me, I'm telling yeah. you, Buhari guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess that's it. Like, but Buhari's babysitter, Idiabon, actually, at some point, is like, fuck it, if you guys want to do it, just do it, yeah. 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 Another thing that he emphasized was uh, Abacha's ruthlessness. And mm. <laughs> uh, yes, you have to cancel the, you put the decree, you cancel everything. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, particularly when Babangida actually comes to power and appoints uh, Abacha as either chief of staff or chief of defense staff, one of the two. I can't remember. Defense, right? But yeah, I mean, the, before I mean, we get to that. Actually, when Abacha is first introduced, I think it's before the you know the coup that brought buhari to power right before the yeah. 1980s you know the the end of the second republic coup and interestingly it's babangida that convinces abacha to join the whole coup game yeah right That's and a very abacha is like yeah because i mean and the film portrays this like it doesn't you know so i guess this is where you could say that the director or um, Babangida, they can't run away from some of the like obvious fuck ups of this guy's career. Is that even if we accept that some coups are fine, which we which we don't necessarily accept, <laughs> I mean, to go and you know to go and activate Sani Abacha, you know, from being a kind of measly, lowly nationalist officer somewhere to becoming a kind of you know, one of the guys in the inner circle of coup plotting ends up being a disastrous thing to have done. You know? So, I mean, OAG, you know, you, you say that it's a kind of whitewashing, but how about that? How about the fact that it does nonetheless, like, put the blame at Babangida's feet, you know, the blame of for, for the act of, <laughs> you know, activating this ultimately 
like probably the most diabolical of the dictators. Okay, we have. The thing we, the thing, the thing there is that there's no how the guy is so you know in the wrong that no how even if they all might touch them, some obvious things they will not be run away from. You know, mm-hmm. like I, so I wouldn't say that they are acquiescing say or say no, is that you are bad and they are saying that you are bad. So I'm not supposed to be grateful that they are showing you that you are bad. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. But yeah, that's some sort of honesty on the part of the person that wrote this script. And then, you know, like being that this thing is just a game because I try to step back and look at the big picture always so that we have that systemic understanding is that in all these things, as these decisions that they are making, the coup and the counter coup and all that, nobody said that they factor in the interests of the people. Of course, is that so? Now, tussle for power, now, tussle for power. So, anybody will even reach there after maybe they come up, worry, put now. I still say, anytime where you did there, you see that the people are suffering economically, or you are, you are implementing policies that doesn't make any form of sense, or they are just putting people through some sort of hardship where you say they don't like it, you know. So, you see that as a constant theme. And if to say yeah. the guy did different, you know, it will, it will have been like, oh, another breath of fresh air to a large extent, which. Or, or to some extent, which Moritala was at the point in time, because mm-hmm. he, he seemed to be very popular amongst mm-hmm. Nigerian people, maybe especially in the Southwest, you know, you know, say, okay, maybe some kind of economic policies, all these kind of things. But aside that, yeah. you know, all these other guys just where they might come with a picture of, say, that they do things for the, you know, nationalists, something, something, but at the end of the day, it's in the, it's in the overall interest of themselves, you know, that is cocooned without garb of the military or the national military, whatever, you know, so yeah. that's how I see it or try to explain. No, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess like it is in a sense, a slightly more complicated narrative than one that simply portrays Babangida as a total champion. And I guess that's the funny thing about Babangida that, you know, I would say maybe suggests that he is not a total idiot is that despite not having written his own definitive narrative, he hasn't escaped or like tried to completely wipe out the role he played in like a lot of the worst things that happened, you know, in Nigeria. Abacha being one, but we'll get into some of the economic stuff that happens later on, right? Um, and I guess, you know, maybe somewhere at the back of his mind is a recognition that if you really try to do a heavy-handed whitewashing, you will be, like, the backlash will be severe, you know? Whereas if you do the light back, the light, you know, sort of light touch whitewashing where you're like, Mixing. well, what, mm. what, would you, what would you, yeah, exactly, what could we have done? What would you do if you were in my situation? Then it's like a little more digestible. Okay, so let's get to the crying in the shower scene, which is OEG's favorite scene. <laughs> Let me just take the lead on that one, my bitch. No, 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 but before that, no, we'll set we'll set the tone for why why he was crying in the shower. Before that, um, um, and I mean, at this point, they have removed they have removed Buhari, and actually, you know, Babangida has come to power, and they play it out like you know, Babangida is like really tortured. He's like, oh, you know, he's like before he leaves his house, he talks to Mary. And he's like, oh no, he doesn't talk to her. He writes a letter to her. And the letter, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will either be president or I will be dead by morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it says widow of first lady. And it's important. Oh, that that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a first lady. Because apparently, Miriam is the first, first lady. 
I mean, you know, that we actually ever had. Totally. You know, I'm not sure yeah. how, yeah, how or why, but yeah, but yeah, go back. You see, this on, is Tyson. the thing. I mean, you're totally right. I mean, actually, that's that's critical to point out that he's like, you know, you either be by morning, you either be your widow or, or the first lady, and you know, the history of that first lady thing partially, you know, points to what we were saying earlier about how the importance of Miriam really is downplayed, you know, it really could have come out a lot more because this is somebody who created, again, like a kind of office and symbol that has lasted to the present day and that didn't really exist in that way before she came, you know, into the role. So I think, yeah, Miriam probably could have been done much better there, particularly since at the end, I mean, we'll come to the end cards at the end, but you know, one of the end cards is, you know, says like this is kind of dedicated to Miriam or whatever, right? Yeah. You know. So anyway, then they take power. And um very shortly thereafter, they sat around the table with like a bunch of military guys, including Abacha, everybody wearing shades. Mm. And then Julius Agu is playing the like economic minister at the time. <laughs> That has to be commentary. It really is. Listen, a lot of these guys are jokes. <laughs> so, yeah, what, 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 what do you think? I mean, do you think that really is why they put comedians like as the economists? I don't think about it until you know. <laughs> because, okay, Bakasi was also in the movie. Yes. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, this, Although, yeah. This, okay, Bakasi was the co comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Justice. That be the justice guy or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's right. That guy is also funny. Yeah. Yeah. Now comedian has just pulled the old place, right? <laughs> so you wonder if that's yeah, yeah, if that's a statement on policy making in Nigeria and policymakers, or if that's more a statement on Nollywood that in fact the lines between being an actor and being a comedian are like it's not existent in Nollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, in a sense, you know, like political comedians is something we've been reflecting on in the show since NSARS, um, at least, yeah. right? So, <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, I think that for me, I'm interested to hear what you guys think, think about this. For me, this is probably the worst thing about the film, is that the way they portray Babangida's actual tenure in power really does not do justice to a very important moment in Nigerian history, right? Where yeah. decisions were intentionally made um, that, you know, basically create the, create the conditions for the Nigeria we have now. Um, you know, and the intentionality of those decisions is what felt like it was really lacking because it sort of told the story where they were just kind of reacting, you know? <clears throat> um, and again, it, told, it tells a story where they only had one set of choices to make. Like, you know, the Julius Agu character, um, you know, who's the economic minister at the time when Babangira comes to power, is like, the currency is doing this, you know, the economy is doing this, GDP has contracted to this level. So the only thing we have to do is structural adjustment. And Babangira is like nodding knowingly, like, ah, okay, yes, yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, that plus that equals structural Dude. adjustment. I mean, I just... Yeah, like, come on. And, and the, the crazy thing was the fact that they're like, they're going to do the SAP reforms, but not take the money as well. So yes. It's almost like, for, you know, 
sapsake. I don't, you know. Yeah, totally. So it's one of the weirdest things about Obangira. And this is why, to some extent, you can say that there is a nationalist impulse that runs through the army. And the OEG is like turning red with anger. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> but I mean, it's like the thing is, it's just that it's sometimes a really disastrous nationalist impulse. So they're like, you know, we need to prove to the international financial community that we are big boys enough to do what needs to be done. And then we won't take the IMF loan that would have made it slightly more bearable. You know, and it's like you guys then become actually worse than the IMF because you've implemented structural adjustment without actually injecting some influx of cash into the economy. Yeah. Right? Just want to seem like big boys to international capital uh, or grown-ups, you know, to international capital and the sort of investment class. And actually, here it's really interesting to hear what America thinks in a bit. But Dami, yeah, yeah, sorry, you finish your thought. No, because I remember reading about you know SAP, and apparently it was on how oh this very successful policy was raising Pakata income, I think, by two percent, and that was going to take mm. thirty years for the economy to get back to like the level it was at in nineteen eighty. So mm. it was even like. Obangida's, oh, there's no viable alternative to SAP was, you know, there's no viable alternative to anything. It's just saying die, you know, and continue to proclaim that it was working as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then the other thing that I think could have been better portrayed is like, you know, the implementation of SAP was very, very tactically done. Like, it was the same budget, I think the 86 budget, where Babangida announced that they were going to do these programs. That budget speech is the same speech where he also announced that they were going to start, they had selected a date for the transition to the, to the Third Republic, right? So oh. on the one hand, it's like, we're going to do this economic policy that would devastate everybody, but you'll get democracy. So, you know, then opinion is split about what's happening, right? It's not like a laser focus on the economic policy that would have resulted probably if they hadn't announced. And he was good at that as well. Yeah. But do they say Maradona or Ivo Igenius in that movie? Because I, I remember hearing it, but when, like, I couldn't be sure mm. if anyone actually said that. No, yeah. I, don't I don't think I heard it either. No, I okay, don't think fine. I heard it. Yeah. I think that was, by the way, the, um, the person who was played by um, Julius Agu was Sonny Chu Okongu, who was, yeah, like, he was the... Um, like economic minister, basically, Harvard-trained oh. economist. I think one of the first, like, economists that had the job of, like, minister of economy or planning. And he was the one who was advising IBB to pursue structural adjustment. But it really seemed, at least from the portrayal of the film, that there was barely any pushback, at least not from Babangida himself, you know, against the whole idea. So the thing that makes the movie kind of, stay on the surface and maybe allow me give it that 50 to 60 mark is that they didn't go deep into things that they were supposed to go into especially as that political mm. economic aspect no they understood or maybe yeah. they ignored by who wrote the script you know because at, in the same vein he was talking about Taisho Larry and then telling him exactly. that yeah. he's Marxist whatever so yeah. you know like there's that angle why didn't you go deep into that to understand the necessity or, uh, or why they were trying to implement the structural adjustment program and who benefited from it and who were the people that 
body brunt of that um, program, you know. So yeah. it leaves the movie, you know, one the desire to be out there. Talk that leaves a lot to be desired for. You know, Definitely, in terms of waiting there, big waves. You're you're right. You know, OIG. In fact, that's like a great point because even the riots, they didn't come off as anti-SAP riots. Yeah, you know, I say they just they antagonize them. Yeah, they're just like why yeah. university students, you know, mm. oh, oh, protesting. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it was for that long. Apparently, it was, was it two months? That's what they said in the movie. And I, was yeah. like, I didn't realize that, you know, the separate were that, you know, this yeah. thing, it was just on Amadou Ali, I think, that they, they focused the thing on it. Was, it was very weird, yes. They didn't, they didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. work on it at all. So it's the odd thing, is like the, the story has told, yeah, like the story has told by Babangida, like his perspective on popular responses to structural adjustment is like, ah, some annoying Marxists were like talking some theory, but they didn't understand how real yeah. politics is done. And then some students just were trying to stir things up to protest against me, but they couldn't see how generous I was being, how, how important what I was doing was you know, was for the for the Nigerian people. But at no point does he appear to actually be reflecting on what structural adjustment meant at the time and has meant subsequently for the Nigerian economy. Which is to say, he more or less still sees it as a good idea. Yes, he said oh, it in one of his interviews now. Say, now the best way to ever do that. He opened up the right. economy, blah, blah, blah. He said it now in channels, that interview that I sent to you. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we have to play. I mean, I'll play a section of that. You know, yeah, basically... Yeah. You know, this is why it's like when people talk about the sort of, oh, there's no ideology in our politics. It's like, what do you mean? I mean, people have been committed to the same economic policy for now almost 30 years. Yeah. I mean, that, nothing, that, that's, I, I mean, that seems like a pretty powerful belief system that's structuring both how they think and what they, what they do in the country, you know, that continues yeah. to have an impact. So, yeah. As well, um, and let's not forget the systemic harassment and destruction of, you know, um, left-wing, um, you know, like organizations, school, yeah. um, you know, that thing was systemic. I know be saying a mistake. Yeah. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. So these people know what's in them. They do where, where. Exactly. Yeah, they know what they believe, but they also know who their opponents are ideologically. Yeah, yeah. because there was a bit on, you know, the... Was it the... Magazine, the thing that talked about um, Baramasi having like foreign accounts. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And talking about that as like the precursor for the protest as well. And that's something I never yes. knew, like ever, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, you see, there's an interesting history to that. I think that there's a part of that narrative that has it that some members of the left either like forged that story or oh my God. <laughs> circulated it to get people. I mean, Rebecca, you don't hear this thing before because they talk about know. some pamphlet that got, I mean, that got people landed in jail, like right around that time. You know, like if, if you read some, actually, if you read some Edwin Madunagu stuff about that, reflections about that time, they talk about some pamphlet that people wrote, they decided to write that got a lot of people in jail around that time. So when I read that, when I heard about that thing, where it's like, 
I think it was a fake Ebony article, right? I don't know if the article oh, was real, but I you know, you know what you have to you have to acknowledge that if that is you know, yeah. but that's a very that's a very interesting moment that you know I don't think it's talked about enough. It really isn't. Um, anyway, Rebecca is being shy to comment because maybe he was he he's been part of various forms of fake news <laughs> since then, but um, you know it also I think shows in a sense a kind of political naivete or something that has definitely been shattered since then like that people will learn that the president has foreign accounts and be that and be that concerned about it like i think nowadays nobody would be surprised you know what i mean like even buhari who people consider to be personally um not corrupt or whatever like i think it would it will make headlines probably but i don't know if anybody will carry placard because the president has it has foreign accounts and i guess that's just how how Almost much like a direct has. Site, man. Almost like yeah a direct exactly site. you know like did anybody carry placard when we heard about burata's um dubai, dubai properties yeah Maybe it's not really, you know that yeah that was the only policy issue that they tackled and then democratic democratic transition and that was it mm. you know mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. You know, and he was there for eight years. I mean, so there's there's quite a few, there's quite a bit. But like I say, there's only probably so much they could fit into film as yeah. well. But yeah. they do sort of tend to highlight his his leadership style has been a lot more collaborative. You know, him having yeah. and the rest. Definitely. And like, I guess they were trying to contrast him to Abacha as well, right? Being like, oh, you know, Abacha is like, why don't you crush them now? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Babangida is like, no, let's crush them later. Crush to them. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Babangida is like the more liberal of the two crush guys, it. right? Yeah. But then the thing is, like, Abacha is someone that he created. You know, it's like someone that he brought to be his right-hand guy. Someone that he used to, I mean, if the narrative of this film is correct, he used to refer to him as Khalifa, which is like the person who... Oh, my God. Him. That is true. Yeah. In fact, so if all I this is the case, like yeah. and I, I had to Google that and go like, oh, this is actually what this means. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the person who will replace me. So, okay, you are trying to portray yourself as the liberal guy, but you are the one who, again, like you're the one who... They who sets the foundations for... Yes. <laughs> yes. You're the one who invoked this demon. You know, you went and said the magic words that channeled this terrible force from the depths of wherever he came from. You know, and made him your chief of staff, your your uh, chief of defense staff. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, again, this is where it's like you can try to tell the story in a way that makes you the hero, but the facts will just like slap you in the face, regardless. In fact, Rev, even even the counter coup, you know, the unsuccessful ones against Babangida as well. The yeah, lack okay. of clarity, the lack the of clarity coup, yeah. is maddening as well, because it was it doesn't explain how he escaped from the house. You know, yeah. how he was able to rally so many forces. Because you've got your Abacha, who's meant to be a counter coup guy. Doesn't talk about the fact that he was really scared that Abacha was in on the coup as well. I was like, yo, yeah. you have to promise me that, you know. Because apparently he ran to some random house in Surya and he was like, yeah, you have to promise me that you're not part of this before I tell you mm. who I am. Mm -hmm. cool. so, yeah, and they made it out. They made the Oka thing out to be like primarily ethnic. Um, that was a good. You it was know. A, it was a, I really enjoyed the guy that gave the speech. That was, you know, whoa, the delivery. Yeah, good, good speech, good delivery. But I mean, also, you know, like there was a general sort of 
economic downturn at the time, right, as a result of the policy. So to just make it primarily a kind of ethnic thing, I mean, there was definitely a pretty strong ethnic component, you know, but it seemed like there was a little more to that. Um, you know, be, be, beside homophobia, did you did you guys catch the thing where he's like, "Oh yeah, we have to remove these guys because they're homosexuals"? <laughs> yeah, because oh I remember, um, I remember apparently yeah. the Okaku being popular that he wasn't executed at the bar beach as well. Mm. Yeah, he wasn't oh, executed at the bar beach. That you know, essentially because they thought that there was going to be there's going to be some kind of thing, you know, people right. supporting him. Yeah, and I guess like protests, like student protests, the kind of Aluta culture had become quite strong at this point, you know, after the structural adjustment protests and then, you know, yeah, that whole period of like um, craziness in the universities. Um, so then that brings us, I guess, towards the, the moment of transition. So how, right? how did you feel about, you know, the middle belt representation mm -hmm. in the movie, just being that, you know? Just <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying is that like, yeah, I think they could have been a little more um they could have been a little more historical or let's say like more painted a wider picture of the context, you know, that, that brought those guys so close to during the coup. And you know, the context being that there was really widespread um on instability brought about by the effects of this um economic mm. policy but i think it's interesting as well given that this is the kind of uh also 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 rock perspective on what was happening in nigeria right or the you know babangida i don't know i guess at this point they hadn't moved to abuja yet um, um no i think this is what made them move to abuja the success this is what made them move to abuja yeah. yeah but you know like that that perspective they they found the responses to structural adjustment to be perplexing. Suggests that they really thought that this was just like good economic sense. Like they didn't, you know, like they weren't thinking in terms of like we are doing, so, we're making a choice, you know, that shapes. At least this is what they want us to believe. That they didn't frame it as though like we're making a choice that benefits some people and some people lose out. They were framing. They wanted to frame it as like good economic sense, and this is where I think like maybe the director is not wise enough to, uh -huh. you know, right? Like how 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 politics and sort of political economy was working. That in fact, I think they were quite aware of the fact that there would be losers, winners, and losers, right? And that they would be the winners, and like a majority of people would be the losers. Uh -huh. You know, so and that they were that still willing to make that choice. It's either it's either they are catering so much to who they are trying to talk about, which is um, Badamasi himself or the person that wrote the scripts himself. They very very you know naive or you know in the ignorant about these things. Yeah. That's why when you want to go into stuff, you have to do your own research, you know, and understand yeah. the context, the times of doing things. Things don't just happen out in the vacuum. Like you get with yeah. the effect that you know of the thing where they do and within concern, you know that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, so that's it. That's it. It also doesn't touch on, you know, those phantom coups, you know, the one that killed mm, Banza. Banza there, there was no mention of that. Even mm. Delegiwa. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was really waiting for the Delegiwa thing. Because, I mean, that would have been happened. good television. I mean, no offense. Obviously, it's very sad what happened. But, you know, that yeah, would yeah, be... Yeah. 
you know, so a producer like, or director's gold. And so yes. since the the bomb, since yeah. the director's general aim now to go get uh, approval from who they talk about, it was that not convenient in quotes to leave out? <laughs> Yeah, that's convenient yeah, 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 yeah. now. So totally. maybe this Martin's thing they do me too much, but I see that people in context say it's just they try the package this guy. All of them don't hold, they won't leave good legacy. No, totally. Or legacy totally. where they a bit palatable. So that's why I said the audience, yeah. that's why I'm going back to the audience. This thing is meant for people that are a, a historical, that don't know anything, mm. don't know much. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of thing. You know, so they don't come on yeah. people's food like that. So the small yeah, way, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you watch that nonsense, the thing will just go, go send you off on a tangent of saying the things and mm. this guy is good. You know, so mm. that's what the, that's what that thing is about. You know, because now as Abiola no day, now only one side Abiola no day. A lot of these people don't die. Yeah, they yeah. Not the yeah. Of them, like say you they worry with all like the inside trauma. You they try make your decision. Mm. They cry for shower. <laughs> so, so I think we're, we're now ready to talk about the crying in the shower scene, and that's that's when. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's just like out of it. Why the crying for shower? Yeah. <laughs> Shay, the crying in the shower thing happens like right around the time when they annulled the 1993 election, right? Yeah, and like say the drama is saying, day torn apart. Why is he doing right? This? Why yeah. was the impossible decision? Where right, just like made? his hands were tied. Yeah, I am. So, but yeah, what exactly was going on there? I don't think I fully got what what made him feel like his hands were tied. I mean, Dami, did you get this? Did you get it? Understanding of why like, he I felt like he had to. My role, okay, role okay. Okay. that say the electoral body don't say make they go ahead. Then right. you know to some people you know make sense make the guy enter so ah uh, then they went ahead and then they are contravening some other aspects like maybe attorney general and all that they say yo yes. they, they don't follow they don't follow the rule where they supposed to also the gas cancel and so on like say two legal um, angles they talk at themselves and he's in the yes. middle thinking of should he cancel it or not but if you cancel yeah, him, where... you go stay long yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. This is also where okay, but Cassie comes in, right? <laughs> if I, I, I think that's where the answer. I think that's where my own answer is as well. The fact that the better Nigeria, the guy, mm. I mean, what? Yeah, he does not, you know, chastise him. He's essentially mm. just saying, "Hmm, I listen to you that you want me to do yes. a um and the rest." Exactly. So it's a kind of supposedly organic third term movement emerges led by the guy who is played by Okay Bakasi. And they go to Bawangina and say, We want you to do third term. And he's like, Hmm, interesting idea. Anyway, just drink some tea and then you guys can go. And then the guy went and goes and starts a legal case. Of June 12 as well. He's now saying, He's not the guy you see in court with all the questionable orders. He's not, you And the Minister of Justice makes a very interesting point in that movie. Uh, people have been disobeying all the legal orders yes. until this very one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, only the court order that leaves you in power for a number uh, X number of years is the one you want to obey. And I love that Abacha was like, yeah, like why are we obeying any court orders? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just just looking around like I, I, I'm not sure what anyone's talking about here. Mm, I've, I've told you this before. You just dig it. I'm not cancel the cream. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a yeah, very yeah. comfortable villain. They set up Abacha as well. So yeah, I mean exactly, exactly. So he sets up Abacha as this kind of like alter ego, um, yeah. you know, uh, the, devil, the devil on his shoulder. And then no, I guess Maryam is the angel. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't die. We go defend them. Yes. So then it's odd that like all the other people, the other central characters who um, could tell a different story about the specifics of what was happening in those rooms, including Abiola or Abacha, um, obviously are RIP now, right? Are, are totally KO'd, like mysteriously died within months of each other. Um, and only the guy, you know, who's affectionately known as Maradona, um, lives on to have himself portrayed heroically in film. I think it's, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things that Nigerians do. You know those talking cheating talks, those um no, sure. what do they call them? Those compliments where they're like backhanded compliments. Yeah. Exactly. That's essentially what <laughs> no, I think he embraces it. And I think that's the problem with it now. So when yeah. the person you're insulting has embraced the insults, it doesn't it doesn't speak as much. Yeah, right. And I guess that brings me to maybe the last set of questions. Oh wait, OG, yeah. Do you want to say something? No, no, no. As in, I agree with what you're talking about. Say, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, you know, don't go on. You don't, you don't use them. Um, do cream. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't rub back on my Yeah, I mean, but, but that's the odd thing is that, like, so this is my, I guess, my final question where I really want to hear you guys go off is like, is this another move by Maradona, this film itself? Because, like, What's the audience, right? Like, it seems to me like made for cinema, which is like basically made for Lagos consumption, Nollywood film, um, that portrays him as a sort of complicated figure, but who always acted more or less in the interest of the country. Like, what does he think? Or like, why, why is that important to portray for him at this moment in time? You know, uh, is this still a Maradona move or is this more uh, like... Yeah, this is what They want to leave something more palatable on their way out. As Jorel would say, they are on their departure, the departure lounge of life. They mm. want to leave... So it's part of their cultural control on society. Have you spoken to people that watch maybe a bullshit documentary and you see them mm. swear by that documentary and argue about that documentary, especially if you've not done any research yeah. and it's only that documentary? This is the type of shit. You know, when you talk about Babangida and all that, you know, and then you start seeing them whitewashing and painting these guys. They don't come on history for like years and years. Mm. So no, you but you see the irony... The, the irony to me in that case is that like, this isn't a mass consumption film. Yeah, to the like, Lagos people, you know, whoever gets TV, we watch out. Yeah, this is Amazon Prime film. Mm, yeah, to the so, stupid so middle like, class. The stupid like, middle class, we don't know their interest. We feel, say, this guy is not it. Like, we, we know they to do, do research. They will feel like, mm. you know, the Nigerian middle class, and even the middle class generally, they are very lazy. Especially, except mm -hmm. people will take them up for themselves to do research. They just go with the flow and hope that the ruling class doesn't screw them up. You know, so right. when you talk to people, especially now we've seen that us done the come of age, where you've done the step onto like the youth, this thing, where they mm -hmm. don't forget that their contemporaries will live with them. Now, them to give us, you know, how they take live through the guy, tyranny, and all that. But us, yeah, they sure. young, now we say, well, intermittently, they don't come on history, they don't add them back, they don't come on history, they don't add them back. People don't even to give too much uh, shit <laughs> about history. So when they go back to now 
tried to find out about these guys, that is what they'll find on offering. Mm. Is this movie that is half baked, you know, and then it will take too long for you to go and be reading Bade Onimade's book or Niger Marxism by Adam Mayer or uh, Nkrumah's book and try to find the real context because what they've served you as hot meal or you know, quick, quick uh, yeah. meal is this guy's story, you know. So, where is that mm. thing that balances it out? Because we still have. A, an oppressive role. We still have the, the domination cultural hegemony of these guys. They shape the thoughts. They shape what you see. They shape a lot of things. You know, so mm. when you have that as what is only on offering, then that becomes the official story or what they know to be history. That, oh, Babangida was a complicated man. Ah, he was a calm man. You need to see that movie. It's very complicated. But when you talk to someone that has, that has done the deeper research, that understands imperialism, that understands structural adjustment program, that understands what role it feels and does to the third world, then that you, start, you now start seeing that those things aren't just mistake. He didn't sleepwalk his decision into that. He didn't cry his way to yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they get the thing where they fulfill for society. You know, so that's it. So I feel that they should, if they, we have people that have done history, that has uh, that, that have got uh, production power, that have money, there should really be a movie. Like, maybe when we have progressive rule, there should be a movie that really x-rays these guys for what they are in the context of you know mm. or the review of the people that's it like this one i don't go for the movie at all i mean i don't go down no, sure. class, <laughs> class the ruling class movie you know and for people we enjoy the time when they're there but for the masses of nigerians mm. for students you know and everybody will bear the brunt of these things we see the you know the deindustrialization the damaging of the naira and all that they'll tell you that you know they, they're not they don't care if you cry in the shower you know, we mm. died on mm. it. Yeah, so that's it. That's my own take on this thing, man. No, I, I couldn't I couldn't say it any better. There's a vacuum, mm. you know, mm. in especially on these stories as well. It's the reason why, you know, guys like, you know, Max Yerlun as well are feeling like a gap because so much of that time period is, you know, it's just shrouded in so much mystery. And mm. if we go back into your own point as well and how we're made to believe that these things are, non-ideological. Meanwhile, these things are, you know, the foundations of the Nigeria that we see today. You know, mm. there was a bit on the parties, a little to the left, a little to the right. And we've, we've never really, you know, tackled to the fact that they're like, see, the one thing that all of you must unite on, <laughs> you know, is certain parts of, you know, the, you know, the economic dogma that, listen, don't depart from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yes, know, you um, can't oppose structure adjustment. That one is the Bible, you know. <laughs> it is there and it's ingrained, probably even in the Constitution somehow. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that's probably the, it's the, probably the thing, I mean, don't think we have enough time for the post-credit scene, unfortunately, which is, you know, really mm-hmm. where most of the meat comes from. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, yes, you know, these stories aren't being told. Um, mm-hmm. This one is definitely whitewashing it quite a bit. But at the same time, I feel it also provides an opportunity for people to really interrogate with that. Exactly. Because for a lot of people, especially because of how young the country is, you know, this country starts with Obasanjo, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. country and we're Yeah, 99. Yeah, you know, 99, so, yeah. So that, you know, so these things are very important to know that the reason why some of these silly things, I mean, exchange rates goes all the way back to that. Uh, these are black market. 86. Nonsense. Yeah. yeah. And so 86. these are the, you know, 
So this is modern yeah. day Nigeria now. The, I think that's what those eight years of Abangida did, you know? Yeah. They created yeah. an entire. I mean, Sorry, yeah, go on. Totally. No, totally, totally, totally. Entirely yeah. new structure for the economy. The state, even down to the state's creation. Mm -hmm. I think Abata was the last person to do states, I think, you know, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. still, yeah. a lot of these things, you know, owe a lot to yeah. that time, and really, there, there should be a more critical spotlight. Definitely. Um, on, as well, yeah. Definitely, yeah, I think if the narrative had left the villa a little more, and like, we had gotten a little more texture into what those protesters were really talking about, then it might have given us a bit of a picture, you know, a balanced picture of like, the effects of those policies, you know. Um, so, I mean, just as a throwaway comment, like one of, to illustrate your point, Damien, about currency, you know, at, I think at the start of that year, 86, right, like university lecturer was making something like 25,000 um, Naira a year, which at the time was mm -hmm. like $30,000, something like that, at the start of 86. By the end of the 86, that same amount, 25,000 Naira, was now something like $1,500. So from about, from about yeah. 32 grand to about 1.5, you know, within the same budgetary cycle. And again, that's the budget where they announced, oh, that we're also going to start this transition to democracy. You know, so it like completely split up the country into, again, it adjusted the economy, you know, and into I what we have the now. Way, the, the middle class entirely. I mean, yeah. Totally, <laughs> totally. So then, but not only does it erase the old middle class, it, it starts a, a process of creating a new kind of middle class, right? Oh, okay. And it's that new kind of middle class that will be consuming this film on Netflix or, or like, that you know what I mean? My, that was my point. That was my so, point. I was like, to say, now, them and yeah. generation, where either bear the brunt or enjoy the lift. Right. Or have just been, yeah, produced in the midst of this kind of more entrepreneurial economy where it's like less predictable, it's more like gig work. Or like find much more, up and down. Exactly. Much more contract chasing, much more invested in the financial sector than in real manufacturing or any of the real sectors. So it's like him trying to tell his story, particularly to those, the, the new generation of people who he helped produce in a way, like, with, you know, with the new structure of the economy that he helped create. So from that standpoint, I think it's like, it is itself a piece of history, uh, you know, the film, um, and like worth seeing from that angle. But yes, I agree in terms of an accurate retelling of what happened, you know, this is a total flop you know, in that respect. Um, but in terms of closing thoughts, Dami, I do want you to, to talk about that post-credit seed. I mean, um, because that might be something, you know, like maybe leaning in more of a, the, the sort of, historical retelling direction um that per personally i mean uh, purposely or otherwise the director has left us with um so what struck you the most about the post-credit scene as we as we wrap up the post-credit scene as well for people that are listening because yeah you know it's yeah. a conversation with ibb and abacha both mm -hmm. of them you know just walking west wing style and having a conversation and <laughs> yes, um, the walking talk yeah. You know, and you'd have the, and essentially it's IBB sort of speaking to Abacha saying that, listen, this 93 elections, none of them, they're going to cancel each other out, you know. Mm -hmm. And in true form, 
you know, it makes sense that essentially Abiola is not going to win in the north, Tofa isn't popular in the south, mm. you know, because he knows both of them. And essentially, those. He's like, yeah, they're um, my friends. Yeah, that, you know, this thing would cancel itself out and they would have to step in again. And in this conversation, mm. with the words that references to Khalifa, he doesn't say it once, he doesn't say it twice. You know, every mm-hmm. single time he refers to Abacha during that conversation, he's using the word Khalifa. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a not so subtle nod to the future that he envisaged as well, you know? Yeah. And Abacha is like, what if this doesn't work? And it's like, you know, this will work, you know, in true, you know, Maradona form as well. And yeah. the, and the thing as well, going back historically to the use of the word step aside, you know, mm-hmm. now, what did he really mean when he said step aside? You know, mm-hmm. step aside, he retired from the military. I think there was always the sense that people knew that Babangira leaving wasn't the end. And the movie sort of mm-hmm. hints at that as well, where mm-hmm. Miriam is basically talking that you'd be the best Nigeria ever had or they would want you back. Something along those lines <laughs> as well. So you can see that, it, you know, the movie ends there, but it's sort of telling that, you know, the his plans were probably just in full motion at that point. Yeah. Is, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So that angle of essentially they never really intended to hand over through June's work was what the post credit mm. scene was. And that yeah. they had designed it in such a way that there would be chaos and crisis, which is what happened. There was chaos, mm-hmm. there was crisis. It might not have been as um, slapstick. It might not have been the good production that they expected. Yeah. But they did. And the... Yeah. Um, the galling thing, the very annoying thing about this is the fact that IBB would refer to the elections of 93 as the freest and fairest. He would talk about the fact yeah, that the conduct crazy. of those elections and everything was so good. And like, if it was yeah. so good, why not let the results stand? So, this, <laughs> and, so, so, so then it almost seems like the whole purpose of doing the election was to distract from structural adjustment. I mean... <laughs> I, I mean, like again, <laughs> because it's like you're not going to let the guys go to go into power anyway, and like you know, you're going to unleash so much that that you that some sort of handover. Yeah, exactly, and to totally shift like attention from the new economic situation, or try to anyway. Yeah. So well, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, that's your yeah. question. Would not watch again. Actually, thinking of all this as well, because it was emotions <laughs> that are probably not Yeah, it's a bit too strong. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it was a hard film to watch in many respects, um, and not only because of the um, really terrible audio and, um, you know, the patchy cinematography, but because, yeah, I mean, such a, such a telling of history is like, again, like really difficult to stomach when we're still dealing with some of the worst effects of that period. But at the same time, like, I think just as a piece of history itself, you know, that people who played such a crucial role in bringing us where we are can still tell the story in such a self-serving way. Um, I think the film is worth something, you know, insofar as it itself reflects where we are in our moment in time, you know, and the continued, I guess, development of this thing we're referring to as the scam, right? So, I mean, as we wrap up, would you say, I mean, yeah, where do you think, I mean, this is OAG, maybe final word. Where do you think Papangida, having watched this film, like sits in the pantheon of Nigerian scammers. Would you say <laughs> top fifteen, nah, one, nah, top hundred? Now one of the godfathers of you know scam for the country now. Oil, oil, yeah. for money. 
yeah, yeah, they yeah, see yeah. that during time they start for like four and nine, nine, they, they yeah, yeah, break yeah, yeah. Out. So, like, you know, he, and he started the, the privatization process, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. You say top three, top three, yeah, but you wouldn't give him like the number one title, like the head scam. Uh, the, the uh, uh, no, no, I make a judgment. Top three, you know, things can change. Okay, okay, top, top three. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Dami, how would you rank? How would you rank? Definitely top three as well. If I, I'm thinking okay, okay. after gold, after goldie, we're not sure if you know. <laughs> well, anyway, I think on that note, we could probably wrap up. Um, yeah, a film we might not recommend. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I guess we've, <laughs> we've done the hard work of watching it on behalf of everybody. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess Sorry. that's where we'll leave it. Yeah. So, Dami, nice one, man. Thanks for joining us. Oh and, no, thank um, you for this. Yeah, you know, thanks, Dami. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Thank you so much, AJ, as well. There's a lot of nice one. IBB's entire scam was just SAP, and that is the, you know, mm. <laughs> it, was scam. it wasn't two, it wasn't June 12, everything was just a mm. continuation of the yeah. long con. Yeah, it definitely seems a crucial part. It seems like June 12th was IBB coming in the front door with no arms, but mm. the real, the, you know, the troops going behind to take you know um to to, to uh yeah. to really do the damage was the uh was structural adjustment so in a sense that scene where he walks up to his best friend with no arms it's metaphorical exactly tells the whole story uh inadvertently anyway nice one huh?